0: Hello and welcome back to Control-Alt-Delete. My guest today is Chloe Milligan. She is the founder of Mud Urban Flowers, which she created in early 2017. Unlike traditional florists, Mud operates solely online, and in such a short amount of time, it's become a great success and it is absolutely thriving. And I wanted to talk to Chloe about how she founded the company. Mud has expanded into multiple cities and has plans to continue growing UK wide via franchises from early 2019. I sat down with Chloe all about her business, floristry, how she uses social media and what tips she can pass on to anyone wanting to start their own business. We recorded this episode in Glasgow. I was up there with the Royal Bank of Scotland as part of a campaign they are doing. It's been 100 years since women were granted the vote and Royal Bank of Scotland decided to bring together some of Scotland's most inspiring and like-minded, motivated women at a series of four networking events called Royal Bank 100 Women. The events were there to discuss confidence blips, imposter syndrome, the behind the scenes of many businesses that look good on paper and in general just to encourage and support and connect business women together and really share lessons and sort of life advice that they've accumulated along the way. The events were held in Aberdeen, Dundee, Glasgow and Edinburgh and I got to spend the week in Scotland, which was so fun. And to discuss some of the statistics that were found in the report commissioned by the Royal Bank of Scotland that revealed some of the biggest challenges facing women in business today and what we can do to overcome them. So I hope you enjoyed this episode that we recorded prior to the panel. So thanks to everyone that came to the events. thanks to Royal Bank of Scotland for putting on the events, and to all of the brilliant panellists as well as the people that got involved online. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, and here it is. So I'm very excited to be here with Chloe Milligan from I'm Mudd. very excited too. We're in Glasgow, it's raining a little bit, but we're excited about tonight's event. So we're here with the Royal Bank of Scotland. The event is called Royal Bank 100 Women. I've done Aberdeen, Dundee, Edinburgh, and now we're here in Glasgow. And I'm so excited to interview you. I'm really excited to be here. I think it's so fun. I was already excited to be
1: part of the 100 Women event. And then when I got the email to say that you were wanting me to be on the podcast as well, I was like, double, great, <laughs> this is amazing.
0: One thing that I've realized by just being in Scotland is, is how supportive everyone else is of each other and when I mentioned I was interviewing you everyone just basically said how amazing you were and everyone seemed to know you is that something that you find about Glasgow in particular? Yeah honestly it is such a
1: supportive community and I believe that we're speaking about that later on in the event about what's your support system and part of it is other businesses in Glasgow or other people and bloggers and influencers everybody is so supportive of each other and from day one starting up the business I felt like everybody is around me and rooting for me which is nice yeah it does feel like quite a small happy community and also Scotland's just kind of like that everybody seems to know each other there's always a connection like oh you went to school with and that's my cousin's brother's nephew
0: I love that with your business I wanted I'm obviously going to ask you questions about that in a moment but I just wondered what were you doing before you started your business not
1: much well actually um before I started it I was at school and at university and during the summers of those months I trained as a florist but not to do it as a career really just as a part-time job like somebody you know just as a part-time job when I was at uni or school and then I decided to go traveling and I worked in Australia and New Zealand for a while which was great and then I came back and I was going to go to London I had a corporate job down there nine to five, all set up looking forward to going and a uh, very big florist from America asked me if I would freelance for her in London one final time one last job I thought great yep that sounds fab London's expensive I'll do one more floristry thing and we got we had a great connection and she asked me to well she didn't ask me she told me that I was coming to work for her in America so I went over to America and worked in DC on amazing weddings and events over their huge huge scale and that really opened up my eyes to the industry where I was like do you know what there maybe is actually something I could do in this sector and I came back to
0: Scotland and started up MUD. Because mm, with floristry it seems like in magazines and things it kind of it, it it's almost shown as this job that is very exciting but quite rare and also quite fun and and almost like oh it's just fun and there, and where's all the hard graft but you've said in other interviews that there is so much that goes on behind the scenes what's the biggest misconception do you think about the industry exactly that i think a lot of people i get job applications every single day people
1: like playing with flowers in their garden or people love flowers and they really want to design And yeah, I have to, I hate to break it to them, but that's not really what it is. There's so much other stuff. It's early hours. We start early. It's always cold because the flowers need to be in cold conditions. Um, The flower market shuts at 10. So you have to be there at some point before it. And it's a lot of filling buckets with water, conditioning flowers, making the design very quickly usually and then delivering it so there's so much more that goes onto it and then it's the whole cleanup from it there's so much rubbish there's so many dirty buckets the floor's wet there's so much to sweep so there's a lot of misconception about the industry it's a lot of hard graft
0: yeah it's not just you cycling around with um flowers in your no. basket on your bike no
1: not at all <laughs> I think a lot of people think that a lot of people say to me oh you're a florist, that must be so lovely.
0: (laughs) With um, the events, one of the topics that keeps coming up is confidence. Lots of people in the audience thinking, I really want to start my own business or I want to start a side project, but how do I get going when I've got the fear of failure, which I definitely relate to. On um in the Royal Bank's micro business index report, which we have been quoting a lot because the research is really interesting. It says that one third of female Scottish micro business owners suffer from imposter syndrome, which I guess means the feeling of not really being good enough or being found out or that you can't do it. Do you have that? Or have you been confident kind of from from day one?
1: I think You know, naturally I am quite a confident person and I'm really lucky that I have a really supportive family that own their own businesses as well. So I've always been brought up in that atmosphere of owning your own business and working really long hours, but seeing the rewards from also owning your own business. Mm -hmm. I've always been in that environment. um, So they've always been extremely supportive of me starting my own business. And then like we spoke about earlier, other people in Glasgow and all over Scotland are really supportive. So that helps boost my confidence with, yep, you can do this and yep, you're doing something good. But definitely I would be lying to say I don't feel imposter syndrome because even being asked to do this event or this podcast with you, you start to think, gosh, I'm a complete fraud. Why on earth would people want to come and watch me or listen to me? That's ridiculous. I'm just doing flowers. It's not that big a deal. So I feel like that's where it really comes through for me
0: yeah. someone on the panel the other day she was saying that people a lot of people introduce themselves just saying oh I just do this as if it's just just something small when actually it's quite a big business do you find it hard sometimes introducing yourself and what you do to other people definitely um and I also feel like because of the
1: misconceptions with floristry it's quite hard to get across what I do so sometimes as well that like you never want to big yourself up but sometimes and sometimes it's quite funny just to be like oh I'm a florist and just leave it at that and people's reactions vary some people think it's really exciting some people can be a bit patronizing because some prof- some people would think that it wasn't really a great profession
0: yeah I find that I find people Or maybe it's my own insecurities when I think people might think I don't have a real job, whereas any job is a real job if you're earning money and you should be proud of it. But I was wondering about being your own boss and having a team and being self-employed in in some way. Do you think that you have to be a certain type of person? I think a little bit.
1: Yes and no though, because sometimes I would say, yeah, you probably would have to be a bit decisive, a bit thick-skinned. But definitely I still, some days I am a bit emotional and I take things a bit personally. And I guess for being a business owner, it'd be great if you didn't do that. But I guess we all kind of do in a way. And being decisive, there's a lot of decisions I have to make. And yeah, I've got people around me to support me. But at the end of the day, they're only saying, oh, well, maybe do this. I've got to make the decision whether I bring out a new product or I expand or I employ someone else or... I take a holiday, like all of it is my decision. So that mm. can be quite a challenging part, but if you've got those skills, it can be quite helpful for owning your own business.
0: Yeah, do you, do you follow your gut on, on most things? Or do, how do you work out big decisions like that?
1: I try to, usually when I get something in my head, it's hard to get it out, mm. which can be a good thing, a double-edged sword. So if I have a new idea, like I when I wanted to expand the business to Edinburgh, I wanted to do it and then I couldn't stop thinking about mm-hmm. it and I was like I've got to just do it I've got to just do it and it maybe wasn't the right time maybe it maybe was a great time I don't know but I just did it and then it has worked out so I guess a bit of it is gut or that initial thought yeah that would be a good idea and then
0: just it playing around in your head for a a few weeks or a couple of months that's really good advice because i think sometimes if something keeps coming back to you it is a bit of a sign yeah that's what i think too i was about to say something so shallow then which is not related to business in any way but i was thinking You know, when you want to buy something and you're like, if you can't stop thinking about it, go back and buy it. You need it. (laughs) You you need it. Um, I don't know whether it's just been the audiences of these events, but it seems like there's been a lot of people coming to the events who are very hardworking people because a lot of the questions have been around how do you switch off and feeling guilty when you're not working. And I think, I mean, I really relate to that. Um, I'm sure there's lots of people listening who find it easy to switch off on the weekends and I I envy them and I was wondering if you had any tips on that or if you've learned how to be better at it it's definitely
1: something that I struggle with the most so I'd be looking for some tips too because a lot I'm working all the time and our business is online it's not like I can turn up at an office and be there nine to five and take it off and say yep I've done a day's work and everyone's really like oh yeah, you've done your day's work, now you can relax. I kind of work all hours of the day, but randomly. And I definitely work more than eight hours a day. But it can be hard sometimes if I do take an hour out to go to the gym at lunchtime, I'll feel guilty. I'll feel like, oh, maybe my staff, they are really supportive, so they don't know if they ever listen to this. But you do think, gosh, they think that I just have a great life and I can jump out and go to the gym in the midday. But then at eight o'clock, I'm still working. So it is really hard. I do find it hard to switch off. Recently, I've really just been trying to think to myself, look, you know how much you work. Who cares what anyone else thinks? Don't try to justify it. Don't try overthink it. Um, and just do try, do these extra things. Go to the gym if I want to. Go to the cinema. Meet my friends for lunch. Because you have to just know in yourself that you are doing enough. Totally.
0: Outwith. Oh my God, same. I mean, I, I think that there does seem to be This conversation, especially in the media, around how busy is no longer a badge of honor. As in saying you're so 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 busy used to be a good thing that people used to praise quite a lot, and now I think it's going the other way. And actually, we're saying, "Oh, well done for having a holiday." Definitely, (laughs) that is hard. I think. Do you think it's pros and cons? Because in my book, the multi hyphen method, a lot of people have read it and, and really enjoyed it. But on the other side, I think a lot of people think, "God, that's not for me." Do you think it's just a case of no job is perfect, basically? I think so,
1: because my boyfriend works in a law firm, kind of very much nine to five, not flexible hours. It's very traditional setting. And he's definitely got cons of that working life and envies sometimes my working life. But when he takes a two week holiday and doesn't look at his work emails or think about work at all for those two weeks, I obviously envy that because
0: Mm. I don't, get to take holidays like that (laughs) so what would what would your tips be to someone who might be listening and has a very small little seed in their mind of maybe a future business they want to launch what would you say if you could go back and do it again was anything any mistakes or anything that you wish you'd known to pass on firstly I definitely say do it secondly and this could be a bit
1: of a contradicting one but you know, don't invest too much money, um, which I definitely didn't do with mud at the beginning. I feel like don't cover things up with, oh, we've got new laptop, and I've got all this lovely logos, and I've got a beautiful office that I've spent fortunes on. Actually, do the hard work first, and if you've really got the passion for the business you want to do, everything else will come. So at first, I dealt with the fact that I just had an older laptop and I dealt with the fact that I didn't have a nice office and all these other things Mm. and they're now coming to me now and I actually can afford them and the business is doing well and I feel like that has really helped the business Mm. and it's helped me to work so much harder at the beginning because I was aiming for something I didn't just have I hadn't just spent all my money on all that at the beginning. I was thinking, okay, now I've got enough money to buy a van. Now I've got enough money to, we only just put um, logo uh, graphics on the vans the other week, which I would have loved to have done in the first week. And that's a year and a half in. Mm. Part of it is time. But another part of it is the expense. And do you think it
0: puts less pressure on you as a person, because actually, if you'd done all of that and invested all of that at the beginning, I, well, I probably would be having sleepless nights because it's, if it doesn't work out, you've got more to lose.
1: Exactly. Well, I'm like that, but I know that a lot of entrepreneurs are the opposite and they like to speculate, to accumulate. But I am, um, you know, obviously do that to an extent, but I am definitely a very safe person and that does help me. I don't know if it will help everyone, but that's the way that I work. Um, and I believe it's a good way to work if yeah. that
0: suits you. And what have you got coming up that you're looking forward to? It can be your business or just personal stuff. What's um, to, like the rest of the year got in store?
1: Yeah, well, business side, we've got another pop-up coming up at the end of september which is always really exciting because we don't have a storefront so the pop-ups are a great opportunity to meet our customers face to face to sell to people that maybe aren't in our delivery zones to do workshops that's really exciting we've got candles coming out i love candles especially this time of the year that's amazing in terms of life and personal mud shuts for two weeks between (laughs) christmas eve and the first week in january because we figure that who desperately needs flowers at that time anyway so we worked so hard up to the day before christmas eve last christmas was actually my first ever christmas in retail and i i couldn't really understand it for me personally our family we've never been really one to gift people flowers at christmas I've never given anyone flowers at Christmas. but it seems to be a thing. So the the lead up to was extremely busy. And this year we're going to do the wreath workshops, which are extremely popular for florists. Oh, fun. But I feel like all that lead up, up to Christmas, is where we can do our thing. I feel like maybe New Year's Eve, people want to take gifts of flowers to people if they're going to parties or dinner parties. But I'm quite happy just to miss out on that, just to take those two weeks. I feel like it's also one of these times where people can actually accept I've already pictured the social media post that'll be going up. Like we've worked so hard. We're just taking a break. We're taking a time out from social media for a couple of weeks. See you at the beginning of January. And obviously the first week of January must be a hard time for sales as well mm-hmm. with small businesses because everyone's starting to think about how much they might have spent over December. Yeah. So I think if there's any other, t- we are just we just go for it. We did it last year. It worked. And I, I'm looking forward to it this year as well. I'm not booked a holiday yet, but I am thinking of booking one in it Hopefully it will be a holiday where I actually can switch off.
0: A big topic of these events has been social media. Obviously, it's a massive part of any business and it feels like it could be easier to start a business in some way if you start an Instagram account or go real grassroots online. In terms of you attracting new customers, how much does social media play a part in that? Huge. Social
1: media is absolutely huge for Mud as I said, we're online only. We don't have a storefront. I think most people view a florist traditionally as that cute, adorable shop on the high street where you can go in, beautiful flowers laid out, and we don't have that. So our social media has to be so good to make up for that so that people still can trust us to create beautiful bouquets. And Yeah, I do think it is maybe a wee bit easier. Obviously, there's a lot of competition because, you know, you can see so many businesses online and there's negatives of people being able to post anything online, even if it is a bit unfair. But compared to my parents, who would be paying to take out adverts, the yellow pages, I almost (laughs) forgot what they were called. (laughs) Um, We are quite fortunate that we have this platform where we can advertise things. I can instantly you know tell people we've got a new design every day i can tell people what that design i can show people mm. what that design is literally 5 minutes after i've made the bouquet and it's going round to people all over glasgow edinburgh and then even further afield and there's a wider audience yeah. it's a really incredible thing and extremely helpful for mad
0: so true and with investing in a company would you say it's important to invest in you know high quality visuals How much planning goes into it?
1: Yeah, we're really lucky that we have a lot of content and our content is quite easy to photograph and people really like photographs of flowers. I think it must be quite hard if your product isn't as photogenic, (laughs) treating it like a
0: person. That's so true, actually, because actually Instagram is the perfect place to post plants, blossoms, flowers, It's the perfect place, Yeah. yeah. So you've got endless... Endless amounts of content. Endless amounts
1: of content, yeah, because I'll speak to other business owners and they'll say, oh, and even um, Tammy of Naf Salon, I was speaking to her yesterday and we we're both agreeing on that, that we are really fortunate that we have so much content. We have new bouquets, and new flowers every day. Likewise, she has
0: new people doing new nail designs every mm. single day that she has stuff to photograph and post. I posted my nails today on Instagram by Tammy it. and it's funny because it's immediately something that people really like to see. Yeah. Colourful, interesting, unique.
1: Unique, yeah, it's
0: exactly and hopefully that's
1: what people see with our flowers too. It is a new design, it is a bit different every day. They're seeing things that flowers that maybe they didn't know or didn't know that they liked mm-hmm. or... I think that it helps to bring in a bit of an audience.
0: And with influencers, because I feel like most of us have known what that word is and know that landscape really, really well. But actually now mainstream media, I think, are really zooming in on on what influencers are doing. But do you work with influencers? How do you how do you pick who you want to work with? We do. I think again we're also very
1: fortunate that because we have such a beautiful product and essentially influencers and bloggers need content it works really well for them to have flowers um it gives them content too so we've been lucky that a lot of them have organically found our instagram and liked a few of our posts and i'll generally notice that maybe i'll send them a message hey i really like what you're doing maybe we can work together maybe I can gift you a bouquet and also I think I'm 24 so I actually already followed all of them before I think it was easier for me I do think it would be harder for someone that was a bit older and was trying to reach out to influencers and didn't even know where to start I was really lucky that most of them I already followed I knew exactly what they did I knew exactly what a blogger was I read a lot of their blogs a lot of them inspired me so it also felt very natural when I've spoken to any of them and we've formed a, I've formed a lot of friendships with a lot of them because
0: we can relate on a lot of things. And with social media just one last question on that how much how important would you say it is like your own personal presence online and you being you and personal brand dare I say it me Chloe yeah like you you (laughs) you as the founder on on social media must be something kind of separate but really integral to the success of the business
1: so I definitely do show my face and let people know oh I'm Chloe I'm the founder and I definitely think people like to see that they like to know who they're buying from and it's not just some website and they some person on the other end of a computer I think having that being able to see my face and hear my voice on Instagram videos seems to work really well and this people mm-hmm. seem to like that and I think a lot of people do assume they're my friend or that they know me just through that and likewise I'll do the same if I follow someone and I watch them every day then you kind of feel like they're your friend that yeah. definitely helps with the business and I'm fortunate too that all of my staff are interested in social media and are happy to have their pictures on Instagram too. So a lot of people also know exactly who my team is and who works with us and who's making the flowers. Bailey in particular is one of my girls that works for us and she's very photogenic, loves Instagram, she's 22. And she'll always come back from the weekend on Monday and tell me, someone said, oh, you work at Mad Urban Flowers. So it is funny, but people do not only relate to the branding, they're also relating to the people and they're connecting with that,
0: which is, interesting and yeah well it sounds like you're employing the right people because they're a natural fit and they love the product themselves
1: yeah and I think they naturally fall to us too because you know we all sorts of people buy our flowers which is great but obviously the initial way that people find out about us is usually through Instagram so it does tend to be people that use that more but we're really lucky that then they send flowers to their mum or their gran or whatever and the word spreads, and then maybe they go on and
0: use us too. Oh, that sounds amazing. Well, thank you so much, and I'm excited about the panel later. Thank you. It's been lovely to meet you. Thank you.